Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Jack Luke and today I'm joined by Simon Bromley. Hello. And Matthew Loveridge. Hello. Remotely, because of course we are still in the midst of a pandemic and we aren't allowed to share each other's company. Not that they'd want to share company with me today because I am ecstatic. And that is of course because of the news that Shimano has just launched a 25th anniversary edition of its legendary SPD sandal, a cycling fashion icon, which in my opinion is underrated, a truly, truly legendary piece of kit. Now, I have written at length about why I like these sandals, and I'm going to tell you today why I think they're so spectacular, though you would never catch me dead wearing them. Simon and Matthew are going to tell me I expect why I'm wrong, and then we're going to talk a little bit about our own cycling faux pas. Starting things off, the SPD sandal in 2018, I wrote an article saying, again, they're an underappreciated cycling icon. And I love them for a number of reasons, but primarily I love that Shimano has continued for, well, now 25 years to cater to this enormously niche piece of the market. I cannot think of anything I would rather have less than cycling sandals. They seem like an invitation to either break your toes or lodge a bee between your foot and sandal. But that said, people love them. And choice is what makes the world a beautiful, wonderful place. To see Shimano kind of, you know, still catering to this, I just think is so funny and so admirable. And they've clearly thought it appropriate to mark the occasion with these handsome new blue ones, the SD501A, a new limited edition release which is almost unchanged to the original, but comes in blue. Again, I've written at length, but what do you boys think? Am I absolutely off the mark, or do you think it's a a wonderful thing? Well, in my case, you're talking to a man who's been spotted wearing Crocs, so clearly my (laughs) opinion is totally invalid. I might surprise you, actually, in that I've always been a little bit curious about SPD sandals. Because (laughs) there is, if you think about it, like people now spend upwards of three four hundred pounds on very very nice road shoes and the principal selling point of those shoes is quite often that they're very light and vented an spd sandal it seems to me is just that but better because surely the airflow is as good as it's possible to get with cycling footwear i think that's galaxy brain thinking that's incredible i mean yeah i mean look at those what were they the mavic comet is that what they were comet yeah they're like thousand euro uh they were bizarre they were basically a carbon sandal with a different sock you could slide in so perhaps the spd sandal is is far ahead of its time and i've got those what are they the the, uh specialized s-works vent shoes i think they're about 360 quid and they're basically just a dyneema mesh sandal so you could be right, Matthew. What do you think, Simon? Would you show up to your local 10 with a uh, pair of SVD sandals? Well, maybe for a, a Bike Radar Diaries. I, I, <laughs> you know, I'd love to know how many they sell. That would be really, really interesting um, to find out how many they sell because I think a bit like many people, I, I perhaps hadn't heard of them until you know a certain Bike Radar influencer wrote an article about them. So, it, But, you know, it's, it's a fascinating thing because... I, you know, I associate SPD shoes with kind of 
stiffness and efficiency and trying to get those kind of extra percentages out of your pedaling and that's everything that i don't associate with sandals so it's a really, <laughs> it's a really it's a really curious one i mean I, it would be you know now that you've kind of mentioned it a, a, a bike radar diaries where i turn up to you say the chew valley 10 in a full skin suit an aero helmet aero socks and some SPD sandals would be quite something. So it would be. Maybe we should give it a go. Alongside Shimano's commitment to the the product, I also I kind of admire the people that do rate them. I mean, they really rabidly rate them. And people, you know, there's a few people out there. Uh, what's his name? Cycling about the alley guy. He exclusively wears them and is you know a very very keen supporter. And I kind of like that 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 subset of the market. The um, the enlightened ones, enlightened in both sense with their lightweight, <laughs> open-toed uh, footwear, but also clearly galaxy brain thinking, as Matthew says. They just, they love them. And I think that's a very admirable thing. As a man who likes a bold fashion choice, I will always, always give a nod to those who uh, choose to dress as they please. And on that note, I think it's only fair that if we're going to highlight the dodgy fashion choices of others, we we admit to perhaps some sinful things we've done on the bike in terms of kit. And when we were planning this, you said you actually had quite a lot, Simon. Yeah, I think, you know, I'll start by making a kind of defense of myself in a sense that if you want to be into fashion or anything like that, you, you know, occasionally you have to take some risks. And, you know, those risks don't always, don't always pay off. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there was there was a time back when the sort of hashtag sock doping became a became a thing where I, I was quite into I just strayed far from, you know, your kind of standard white or black sock and was, you know, thinking, oh, I'm gonna get all kinds of colourful, crazy socks, none of which went with any of the kit that I had. I mean I, I think this craze for me only lasted a you know, about six months and then everyone started doing it and all the companies started releasing kind of weird and wonderful, colourful socks. And I thought, oh, it's getting, a, it's getting, a, it's too cool now. So I'm going to, I better move on. But, um, but yeah, that was one. I'm pretty sure I had a pair of terrible polka dot socks, which mm. obviously went with nothing. I was not the king of the mountain. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I've had, I've worn short socks. I've probably, I've probably also worn socks that are probably slightly too long. Mm, really that's actually uh, yeah. uci illegal mate i hope you know that <laughs> yeah. well this was before the rule came in so and also obviously i never raced in a uci event so no one was checking but um but yeah i i also had a i think you know right when i first started i think my, you know, my parents brought me a a replica yellow jersey which you know anyone who's kind of into real cycling will know it's an enormous faux pas and but if bernardino had seen me out on the bike wearing my replica yellow jersey he would have been disgusted as he famously said so yeah i've had a few how about you matthew have you ever had a marmite jersey or a uh well i don't know a set of jersey pockets down at your ankles I'm relentlessly fashionable on the bike. I've always been horribly self-conscious about these things because of my pathetic need to be liked by other people. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I used to... I used to, I alluded to this before. I'm quite thin and have always struggled to find kit that fits me. So I used to buy, like, end-of-line stuff from a company called Prendas that they do very, very cheap team kit sometime. So I had some quite cool Euro shorts from Androni Giocattoli... I had an Italia top, quite liked that. But I think I could argue that that was like me appropriating some European cycling culture and it was quite cool. It wasn't 
horribly embarrassing, like wearing a leader's jersey. I do think we should <laughs> balance this discussion a little bit by saying we're not we're not going to be mean to people who do that. Like no. you do you. I think that's really important. And, you know, particularly for younger riders who are getting really excited about the sport, you want to wear a yellow jersey or a, an Ineos jersey or whatever, knock yourselves out. Like it's oh yeah, it's certainly you, no worse than wearing a football shirt from your favourite team. Surely. No, I yeah, think if totally. you're a, I think if you're a kid and and you know you're kind of getting into it because you're you know you're inspired by your your heroes and whatever, then that that's you know I'm all I'm all for that. If I see a, a kid out wearing a, a polka dot jersey and ripping it up a hill, you know I love it. But um, I think I very much was not a child. <laughs> I should <laughs> you I should have known better than to you know than to than to wear that. I think I think I don't mind you know, pro kit. I actually. I actually don't mind. I think, like you say, I think pro kit is a bit like football kits. And if you want to support your favourite team or own pro kit, I actually don't mind that. But I, I do have a, I think there is a certain reverence for things like the yellow jersey, the world champions jersey, you know, national champions jerseys, things like those that are kind of reserved in the sport for people who have actually won those competitions that I, you know, I quite like the idea that a yellow jersey is special and, and in, in order to wear one you have to kind of earn it somehow so I, I would be a little bit protective over that but you know not everyone agrees. I was just going to say last year I was on a Colnago bike launch um, and I was given as a little gift a Colnago towel with world champion stripes on it. So now I like to imagine that I'm the world champion of showering. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, yeah. I certainly hope this is true because I've been telling people this story for years, but as you've alluded, you are a very paper thin man. And am I right in saying that at one point in your cycling life, you used to wear arm warmers as leg warmers? Is that true? <laughs> that is completely true. Um, I bought them in edinburgh bicycle cooperative an excellent bike shop in edinburgh where i got my start in cycling and i think they were sized large arm warmers which were quite a comfortable fit on my legs that's just i that's love great. that it's that really such good. a good good that's not a full part <laughs> that is genius Frank. yeah i thought that was quite I clever I think what for about, me, what my, about you though, Jack? Yeah. Oh, um, you know, I'm a very fashionable man, and like, I've taken some risks, and uh, they've not all paid off. And uh, <laughs> I, I was very guilty of short socks for a time. I think that's one I really. I mean, it's, it's quite impractical more than anything else. But short socks, great way to graze your ankles and look like a bit of a chipper. Uh, I also was very guilty for a long time. I had a lovely old Giro cycling top. I was very fond of. And I wore it way past its best with the saggiest pockets you can imagine. I mean, bananas and cameras and tubes hanging far below my ripped cycling peach. Uh, that is what I, I really had to, to let go um, painfully. Um, and also coloured bar tape. If we're going to <laughs> go on to kind of uh, <laughs> onto the bike as well, I think coloured bar tape and tyres are the best way to make a bike look cheap. Um, and yeah, bright yellow bar tape on a green bike was not one of my strongest moments, I have to say. But like Matthew says, if you want to do that, by all means, we're not going to judge you. We're just going to judge each other from afar. <laughs> I do think um, it's important to acknowledge also that like all fashion things, it is cyclical, haha, because uh, to take an example <laughs> with you guys, uh, Jack is known for attaching, for example, bar bags to his bike mm. now two or three years ago a lot of roadies thought 
This was super lame and, you know, would make fun of Jack. Now he's laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, that's something that I'm still not quite willing to do. Um, they, they, don't, they look better than massive saddlebags. I'll give you that. Which I have done in the past. <laughs> my favorite moments was I, you know I, for very practical reasons if we're on like a launch or something for a new bike i'll take a bar bag because i don't want to stuff a chesty a gopro all the mounts into my jersey pocket and i went on the launch of the scott addict last year which is kind of like an all-round aero bike with a lovely aero cockpit and i strapped a great big tube on the front of it to stuff all that stuff in people went absolutely mental they're really just like what's the point in having an aero bike it's true but it's very practical so there we go anyway i hope that you've enjoyed this i hope that if you are a sandal wearer that you feel the love that emanates from everyone in the bike radar team we are in awe of your uh confidence and we could only wish that we didn't have to make podcasts making fun of fashion to make ourselves feel better about ourselves <laughs> i've been jack luke thank you to matthew and thanks thank you to simon for being such thank wonderful you. guests cheers guys bye chat soon bye, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.